How's everybody doing? This is Big Chuck coming at you live with WRC 88.7 FM Blue Jay Radio. And like the intro said, you are listening to the award-winning Blue Jay Boys show. To my left, I have Senor Diaz. Right in front of me, I have Sack Man. We got a great show for you guys this week. We're going to start off with our food battle of the week. We got a wing war going on in the Frick Center. After that, we're going to get into the Bears game. And from there, we're going to answer one question about every NFL team for the rest of the show. To start off, let's get going with this food battle. We got a great matchup between Atlanta's own lemon pepper wings and then some classic Buffalo wings representing Atlanta and Buffalo. I know we're excited about these ones. We got them from Wingstop, classic wing place. We thought that would be a good way to test. The lemon pepper or dry rub, the buffalo orange sauce. We got four people entered for their chance to win $20. Let's start off with spinning that wheel live on air here. Got it going, spinning around. And your winner of this week's food battle is Vic underscore Ramon. We will send you a DM on Instagram and we will figure out a way to pay you. We do Venmo, Cash App, or through Cash, whichever works best for you. Congrats to Vic. Mom saved my life when I was like three. It was awesome. (laughs) All right. Without further ado, let's get into this food battle. Which one should we start off with, guys? Let's go with the good old classic, the buffalo wings. Let's start with the buffalo wings. Grab a fork. If you guys remember from our rating system last week, we were rating these based off appearance, taste, and then cost effectiveness. So how good they taste for what they are costing us. All right. Josh has got that first bite of the buffalo sackleys dipping into the classic wing stop ranch. Let's see here. Oh, the ranch is the best part of Wingstop, I think. I'm not a huge fan of their wings all the time. We'll see how these ones go. I know a lot of people are fans. Josh looks like he's loving it. Josh, start us off with appearance. What would you rate them on appearance? I'll give them a 9. You can obviously tell that there's a lot of color additive in it, but I'll give it a 9. Still looks appealing enough to eat, but a 9. What about your taste? I 10. That's a 10, especially with the ranch. Yeah, I, I feel like even without the ranch, it would be a 10, but with mm. the ranch, it makes it like an 11. And these wings cost twelve fifty for a 15-piece. How much is that worth to you? I'll give it a 2.5. 2.5 out of 3. Exactly. Uh, for appearance, i give it an 8 out of 10 just because, yeah, you can tell there's additives, and a couple of them are missing a little bit of sauce. Uh, for taste, yeah, i give them a 10. They're good. Sometimes the buffalo, I feel like it's like, I taste it and it's like hot and it's like extremely, extremely salty. That's how it tastes to me. These are good. Uh, we're powering. The price, I'll give them an 8 out of 10. It's not bad compared to other places. So, yeah. And plus, they use real chicken. You can, it's not like, you know, fake, like frozen chicken. I feel like it's, it's pretty substantial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, appearance. I think personally, I'd give them like a 6. I think they are very orange. And I like a wing that is like extremely saucy. And these ones are just kind of like, I don't know, they look like they were dipped in the sauce a little bit and taken out right away. So I give them like around a six on that. For taste, though, they taste delicious. It's a really good buffalo sauce. Um, it's not super overpowering, like mm-hmm. exactly saying, like a lot of other buffalo sauces. Um, and the chicken is really just juicy and tender, which is, you know, from past experience, not always the case from Wingstop. So I'm really a fan of that. So for like overall taste, I give them a good eight out of ten. And then for cost, like I said, they cost about like twelve fifty. You get fifteen wings. They're pretty filling. They're pretty big wings for boneless wings. 
I'd give them a good 10 out of 10 on that cost. I think it's a good price. And we got some fries. So two orders of 15 wings and fries was 25 bucks. Oh, yeah, plus tax. Oh, yeah, that's like a, it's like a 10. Then. Yeah, perfect. All right, let's move on to these lemon pepper wings. Lemon pepper. These ones are the dry rub. They're looking a little more dry. I don't know if I'm a fan of that, but we'll see. Josh dipping in first. Sackley going second. The play-by-play is fantastic. I appreciate it. They don't have a very strong like lemon like scent. I feel like they would have a stronger scent. You can taste it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's more of a taste than a smell. Mm-hmm. But appearance, I'd give it a ten. You know the dry the dry rub is it's not a flavor I would usually do, but trying it and like I've had it before, but now it's it's ten. It's really good. The taste it's a ten. Uh, how you said like it doesn't really have that smell of lemon, but you can get the taste of it. And I think it was at a perfect amount of lemon because sometimes there are places where it's just like so lemony. It's not like you can't even taste anything else. So I, I give it a 10. I mean, obviously the cost. So 10. So. Exactly. Yeah, for cost, 10. Get that out of the way. Never really had this flavor, so I didn't really know what to expect. But I felt, and plus, you know, there's not really sauce on them. <clears throat> I thought they were very good. I give it a 10. Appearance, I mean, obviously the dry, the dry, lub, dry rub, sorry, looks really good. Yeah, so I think these are these are good. These are they surprised me. I like them. Yeah, I think like appearance wise, I'd rather have the lemon pepper ones. Um, I think they just look a little more appetizing. They're real like crispy, golden brown looking. If you look on our Instagram, you can see a picture of them. Um, the seasoning looks really nice on them. Taste, I feel like they're a little dry. I know that's dry rub, obviously, but um, I think when I'm eating wings, I expect it to kind of have a saucier, juicier taste to them, and they do, these just don't really have it. So I think where the buffalo wings lacked in appearance. The lemon pepper wings kind of lack in taste. Well, I will say, though, is that like the buffalo wings, they're not really an overpowering taste, which I really enjoy. I think that kind of makes the flavor pop a little bit more than just, like, slamming it with that lemon pepper taste. And then cost, again, same thing with buffalo wings. Josh, if you had to choose between these two, which one are you taking? I'll probably take the buffalo still. It's a classic. It's a favorite of mine. So, and it's not too saucy. I like, I like it with like a decent amount of sauce. But there are places where like it's way too much, and then it just it it ruins it for me. But I choose the buffalo. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What about you? You know, uh, this kind of surprised me. I'm gonna go with lemon pepper. Mm. I I really like it. I've never had it before. They're very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, they're a very good size as well. So. <sighs> comes down to my vote here again i think the lemon pepper lacked where the buffalo worked i think the buffalo lacked where the lemon pepper worked but overall i think i'd rather have these buffalo wings you know they just are more classic traditional wings that i expect when i'm eating wings lemon pepper wings aren't bad but i can see them getting old after like three or four wings whereas i could probably eat a whole thing of these buffalo wings yeah definitely where my vote lies so the buffalo wings takes this week's food battle uh in a close one next week we are changing it from the two best teams in the league to the two worst teams in the league we have a battle of denver versus chicago as they are taking each other on next week for probably the worst game in the history of the nfl um we have a battle between a nice grilled steak burrito with green chili sauce representing denver and then for Chicago, we got a nice Italian beef sandwich. So we'll see which one takes in that. We'll post a picture on Instagram tomorrow displaying the battle. 
be sure to comment on that. Uh, tag three friends, tell us who you think is going to win, and then put it on your story, and you can win 20 bucks just like Vic did today. So, moving on from the food battle here, we are going to get into this Chicago Bears week that has happened this past oh, yeah. week. Uh, it's been a long one. Sackley, can you give us a recap of right. everything that's happened? We're going to start, as you said, we're going to start with the week, because that was the most dreadful week in Chicago Bears history. Then we'll go to the game. <clears throat> so it all starts out. With our D.C. Alan Williams, he had to resign as Charles Tillman, the former Bears great who is now an FBI agent, alerted the franchise that they were raiding his home. There's been many different reports, but the first report that I saw was that it had to do with children and that it had something to do with content. So do as with you will with that information. Then it turns out, then it didn't, and he, he had to resign. In terms of him resigning, it had to do with inappropriate conduct. Mm-hmm. But the raid had to do with that. Does not sound good either way. But I guess he did nothing criminally wrong. I thought he should have just been fired just based off how he's performed, but it got the job done. Then you go, about five hours later, Braxton Jones was put on IR for four games because of a neck injury. I kind of understand now why he played so bad against the Buccaneers. Then... Somehow, some way, $100,000 worth of equipment was stolen from Soldier Field. So because of that, now we're probably going to sign one less free agent. And then, then you had Justin Fields in a press conference saying that he felt very robotic against Tampa Bay. He didn't feel good. He thinks that it could be coaching. And then he later recanted that statement after that. So basically, it seems that we basically have a mutiny going on in the franchise and then mixed in with a robbery. And now know that Matt Eberflus is calling the defensive plays because the D coordinator resigned. So that's what we have so far with the Chicago Bears. And then you add a absolutely horrific blowout loss to the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs. So we're at a ultimate crossroads as a franchise as we are now 0-3. As we get into our questions about every NFL franchise, I want to ask my first one about the Chicago Bears. We have a lot of questions about the Chicago Bears. But are the Chicago Bears the most dysfunctional franchise in the NFL? Without a doubt, yes, we are. I mean, you have your D coordinator being raided by the FBI. Everyone knows at this point Fields does not like Getsy, and Getsy probably doesn't like Fields. You have Nate Davis, who missed the OTAs with personal issues. He missed the training camp with personal issues. He had uh, now he's missed two consecutive games with personal issues, and that was your biggest free agent signing on offense. You mix in that with the fact that we're 0-3 and we've looked absolutely terrible in every game. We were projected to win week one. It wasn't by much, but we were we were the favorite. And we got hornswoggled at home. Week two, we played even worse. We threw four consecutive screen passes. And then, oh, we forgot one part of the dysfunctional week. ESPN is a snitch. In the, in the post-game hand... Handshakes in the game, you know, swap jersey swap. Levante David was talking to DJ Moore, and he said, "Hey, I miss tackling you, go go gadget arm, something like that, or like talking about how he's like physical." He's like, "Man, they ain't using you right." He's like, "Yeah, tell me about it." So then you have that, which no one seemed to talk about, which it might be a bigger thing than Fields' robotic coaching statement. So you have that. So the quarterback is, doesn't like the offensive coordinator. They're, your number one receiver, you trade the number one overall pick for, doesn't like your offensive coordinator. 
And the guy we basically gave up a chance to get a franchise quarterback, but that's he doesn't like how he's being used. And it, it makes sense. And then now you have four basically four backups in an offensive line. We have the worst defense in the league. Maybe not statistically because of what happened to the Broncos, but through three games, we've played worse than the Broncos on defense. And then you add up just, you know, Chase Claypool not trying. We're going to bench him. We traded a first-round pick for him. It was a second round, but it was 32 overall. That's a first-round pick. We're bad. We're bad right now. And we're basically repeating the same mistake we made with Trubisky with ruining our quarterback and not coaching him and not helping him and not doing anything for him after being the worst team in the league last year. So, yeah, by, without a doubt, other than maybe the Broncos, we're the most dysfunctional team in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Um, does Justin Fields have any potential left, Josh? I feel like he definitely does, but, like, it's just slowly – Dwindling down. Yeah. You know, it's slowly dissipating and like, it's just, it's, we're not using him the way we should be using him and we're not giving him the right coaching that he should be getting. And it's just like, he has so much potential and he has this ceiling that he can reach, but it's just, it's not going to happen because of how, like, how fast he's, his talents disappearing with this team. And it's just sad to see because, you know, this is a franchise quarterback. I bet you he, like, goes anywhere else. He's, like, the he's like another Jalen Hurts, but better. Because he's just a little bit taller, right? But, like, yeah, it's, like, it's just, like, it's really, like, tough to watch. Because, yeah, you want to you wanna support your team that you've been backing since God knows how long, right? But we're... We're looking at all these opportunities that they have to become something against the whole stigmatism, right? And it's just like we just don't want to. We want to be a part of it, really. And it it, it just it stinks to see, you know. Yeah, he has potential, but no, it does. I mean, we've completely neutered him. I mean, we don't even let him run anymore. Uh, we don't let him get outside. He's great at play action pass. Ever since he was a rookie, he was great at play action pass. We don't play action pass him. We don't let him do the rollout passes. We don't let him do the rollout runs that, on like short yardage goal line situation that worked every single time last year. I mean, we we made him Getsy made him change like his day one since he were a kid footwork where he had his, I believe his right foot back and his left foot forward. He made him switch for whatever because that's what Rogers did. So we're gonna do what Rogers does. And if you look at his dropbacks, there's eight times slower than what he did was a rookie. Like Nagy did a better job developing him than Getsy has. I hate Matt Nagy, but he did a better job. I mean, as a rookie, he you know he anticipated. His dropbacks were faster. His footwork was better. He was making reads. He was more confident. Now it's like, it's kind of like a basketball player where they have like an elbow injury, so now they got to like relearn how to shoot, and they're doing it different. What used to work doesn't work anymore. They can't do it anymore. The, the Markel Fultz Basically, that's what we got right now. The only thing they can save that is a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm- if we look at Markel Fultz, that worked for him. He's playing really well in Orlando. If you if you put Fields on the Falcons, team like that, that team could win the Super Bowl. You let him do play extra pass, run the ball, actually have a decent offensive line. Speaking of running the ball, why can't we run the ball anymore? We had, we, yeah, we didn't have all our starters against Kansas. I understand. The offensive lines we rolled out last year were way worse than the ones we have now, even with the injuries. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, any line that has Sam Mustafer on it is. Like, yeah, and supposedly this Roshan Johns is supposed to be the second coming. And we got Khalil Herbert, who we had last year. And we can't run the ball, like, nowhere near as well as we did last year. So, like, why can't we do that at least? Say we just had the same game plans as we did last year. We ran the ball, we did all that stuff. We'd be like one and two, two and one right now. Like, what happened to that? Did we get worse up front? I, we've basically gotten worse up front mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. Um, if Justin Fields, you guys think, is done in Chicago, do you still take Caleb Williams with that first overall pick? Is there any doubt you trade it, you go with somebody else? What What's the future? I would take him. Me, like if I'm if I'm GM, I'm taking him. And then what the Panthers projected at four, I'm taking uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Why not? Why not give him a good duo? You know, uh, like why not give him a receiver that he can actually rely on? You know, and that and that can create separation. And if I'm GM, why not? You know, fire Eberflus and then go out and get. I know we were talking about earlier the head coach for USC. Why not? You know, and get the OC from USC too. Yeah. If I'm Kevin Warren after this season, the way it's going, we always could turn around, but I highly doubt it. I'm cleaning house. I'm getting rid of Ryan Poles. I'm getting rid of Eberflus, the whole staff. I'm cutting Whitehair and Jackson, the two veterans, expensive veterans, trading fields, letting Claypool walk. I might trade Mooney. Mooney's a free agent, though. Yeah. I would keep him and draft Harrison, so then you have a pretty darn good top three for whatever quarterback we have. I'm cutting Davis. I'm replacing Braxton Jones. I'm trading Jenkins because he's just going to get hurt. Anyone on defense really other than the linebackers. I'm not re-signing Jalen Johnson. No, he's... He's He's got one interception in like 40 crew games at this point. Yeah. And he's injury prone. I'm not re-signing him. There's like... Five, maybe six guys that are even worth keeping around. Kicker, punter, long snapper, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> D-line is worthless. At this point, we just need to play the two youngsters in the middle. Mm-hmm. Jones can't do anything, and Billings, everyone's hyping up, says he battles every week. I don't see it. I'm putting – and then we drafted a, a nose tackle and a three-technique, Gervon and Zach Pickens. And for whatever reason, we're switching the roles and playing Pickens at nose tackle and Gervon and three-technique. Well, well, we could have just drafted Jalen Carter. It all have a better guy that could play both positions, but whatever. It's a whole just tear down. Do you think that happens any time earlier than the off season? Virginia, the McCaskey family will never fire a coach in season, unless it gets like ridiculous, like zero eleven, which I don't think we will will do. At this rate, well, at this point, we could. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, personally, I'm getting Eberflus one more week. If he loses against Denver, I'm firing him. No one on that staff is capable of being an interim or qualified. I'm, I'm going out again, Lovey. Because at least Wolf Swing knows how to run a 4 3. Yeah. <laughs> Which I know sounds kind of crazy, but that's how bad it is. Because I believe Alan Williams was the assistant head coach or associate head coach, however you call it. He's no longer there. We don't have anyone qualified enough on defense, especially not on offense. We're not giving it Getsy. Yeah. <laughs> Getsy's even on thinner ice than Eberflus. So we'd have to go outside. It'll uh, bring a rich in, rh uh, Gosh, you know, he's yeah. on the Packers. I, I, I love him. That guy's great. <laughs> I wanted the Raiders should have never got rid of him. Yeah. They made a big mistake. 
That dude's he's a football dude. He's a good he's a good man. We need he wrote, actual... wrote handwritten letters to sixty players after that playoff game in Cincinnati. That's a good dude. He did a very good job. We need an actual O line coach too. Our O line coach looks like you know, no offense. I love I love you, but it looks like Sackley. Yeah. Like it doesn't look like your <laughs> traditional like O line coach, you know, with like the one season of Hard Knocks with the Cleveland Browns where oh, the coach would like say big boy and his stomach would move. <laughs> that big boy. That's what we need, bro. And the Browns well, have had one of the best whole lines for the yeah. past few years. So. Well, he just stinks. Yeah. Chris Morgan is bad. He hasn't developed anybody. Anybody. There's a lot of anybody. talent on that whole line. There's like talent there. Like and you just can't. He can't get it. Borum is a guy that could have been very good. I still think he can be very. He's good. The, he's shown it that he can. He played. He was the only offensive line that I felt good about coming out of that game. I don't think he's doing a great job at Darnell Wright because the same things he was doing week one, he's still doing now. He can't pass block. The kid. It's can't just pass block. it's just technique. He's not coaching well. He didn't get Tevin Jenkins better. He yeah. couldn't make Tevin Jenkins to a right tackle. He was supposed to be a left tackle. He couldn't make him that. Okay, let's move to the right. Couldn't make him a right tackle. He had so to put him at guard. Hide he... him at guard. Yeah. <sighs> Mixed in the be with bad players at offensive line, which doesn't help. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jatire Carter, I thought he battled. He's just a seventh-round pick from an FCS school and undersized. So that's what he was struggling with. He was going to push back. He was going to his hand swatted down. He's just not strong enough. It's not what you can do. It's not his fault. He shouldn't be starting. Patrick is Patrick. I don't. Even, we don't even need to talk about him. He is special. <laughs> I'm talking Jimmy G special. He's different. I don't know. I don't know where we found him. I don't. I need to look up where he went to college. I don't know. He's not. Left guard, we have white hair. I love him, but we all know he's washed. He can't play guard. He's supposed to be at center. We should have just kept him at center and put someone else at guard. But we can't do that. We can't have nice things. <laughs> Borum, I thought, played well. I did not yell at Borum. He did not have any penalties. I was happy to see that he played pretty well. Mm-hmm. I don't know how PFF graded him out, but I thought he did well. Yeah, the eye test looked better. Eye test passed. Wasn't going up against Chris Jones, but hey, the guys he went against, he won most of his matchup. It's still a solid defensive front out there. Yeah, Cole Komet, I don't know what he's doing. He just looks scrawny out there. He was big as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Oh, you look, look at his little neck. He's got a little pencil neck. <laughs> I don't even know how he blocks anymore. We still refuse to use Tanyan and Mercedes Lewis. And then, running back-wise, Chloe Hubbard had the fumble. He's just not quite running as well this year. No. I think that hip injury might have had still some effects from last year. Then we never give the ball to Roshan Johnson, so well, he's not even worth mentioning. And then Khalil Herbert, they just shove up the middle. Like, I swear to God, like, 90% of his runs are just straight dive. He's a fantastic outside yes. zone runner. And we just With shove him Nagy, down the he throat. was good. Last year, he was good. And now we just said, you're a fullback now, son. Basically. He's a fantastic outside zone runner. He cuts back so he sees it. He's fast enough. It's fantastic. Not anymore. Like this, like the Bears' offense is so bad and so just like bad coached, bad whatever. Like I'm beginning to think that maybe it is scripted. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, guys, you gotta look as bad as possible. Like we literally just go out every week and do the things we're not good at. Like we have Darnell Wright, he's a very good run blocker as a rookie. Why don't we run some outside zone? Put in Mercedes Lewis outside zone it. No, let's run behind our backup center, left guard, and right guard. Left, left guard, right, yeah. Watch him get destroyed by 
Arguably Washington gets one of the smacked. best defensive players in the league And we did that right week now. one. They had Kenny Clark. He was their best D lineman, other than Rashad Geary. Mm-hmm. Week two, they had Vita Vea, their best D lineman. Week three, Chris Jones, you know, at times, especially in early downs, is in the middle. He's had one, tech, one technique, three technique. Let's run at those guys instead of Felix Aruse from – he's a very long last name. It's a hyphenated last name. I can't pronounce it. I'm just going to call him Felix. Why don't we just run at Felix and Karloftis and whoever else out there? No, let's run at Chris Jones. It's like it's getting ridiculous. It's getting comical. Like give it to give, fire gets you. Give the play go to that Andrew Jenico that Kirk Cousins raved about. Give it to him. Give it to someone else. Gatsy failed as offense coordinator in college. I don't know what we thought was going to happen when we got to the pros. He was like the fourth most important guy in Green Bay's coaching staff. But just because he was buddies with Aaron Rodgers, he got this praise for. All of that. Rogers praises all his coaches. Yeah. Rogers on crystals half the time, <laughs> so he doesn't know what's going on. They he just knows that they, he they, they are nice to him. They give him a high five after every touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let him let him do whatever he wants out there. Just let him do it. I get it. pay him another ten mil. Rogers was the coach, is what that was. Um, and then finally with the Bears, Josh, are the Bears the worst team in the league, and will they finish the worst team in the league? I think so. I you know, I'm I'm not gonna get my hopes up again. You know. This this Sunday I was kinda like maybe they'll make it a game, you know, and they didn't. It was really sad to see and I think this game against the Broncos I'd be actually like surprised if they won. But I think the Broncos are just gonna come up because of all of the anger and frustration they had from the last game and just really just make the Bears look like the worst team in the league. Well, after losing by 70 points, the Broncos are uh, three-point favorites over the Bears still. And they just lost by That's 70 bad. points. The thing about the Bears is there's nothing that they can hang their hat on. Like, at least with the Broncos, it's like, okay, our defense was good last year. We played well week one. Russell Wilson has made some plays. But thus, there's, like, no positives. Mm-hmm. We regressed in the run game. The quarterback's not playing well. Receivers and not being used right, not playing well, not giving effort. Defense, pass rush has gotten worse. Run defense is the same. Secondary got worse. Our linebackers that we paid $30 million for, not worth the money. And just a cherry on top, our defensive coordinator is potentially an FBI fugitive. That mean, <laughs> like There's nothing we can hang our hat on and say, hey, we do this well. We can, we got, we know that we can do this well. We don't have a single thing. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, let's talk about some other sad franchises and let's move on to the rest of the NFC North. The Minnesota Vikings. The one big question I have with the Minnesota Vikings is, is this the last year the Vikings have to compete? Really, what I always thought about the Vikings was last year they thought that they were going to be bad. So this year is going to be the first year of the official rebuild. Well, as we saw, they were the flukiest 13 and 14 we've ever seen. So then they came into this year as a worse version because they had to let go of all their old guys because they were planning on rebuilding and they didn't replace them. And they gave $21 million to a fourth-string tight end. Their GM, Adefe Quoso Mensa, sorry, is not good. He had one of the worst drafts in the league in 2022. 2023 draft doesn't look much better. Their offensive line is still not very good. And then you throw in the fact that you got rid of Dalvin Cook and shout out to Alexander Madison, single-handedly bring value back to the running back position. He has, I believe, seven fumbles through three games. He didn't lose all of them, but he still fumbled. 
you got that. The defense, it's a little bit better on the floor just because it's a straight scheme. They have a very good D coordinator, but in terms of talent, it's much worse. And the good players that they have are old. Harrison Smith, still good, still kicking it. Daniel Hunter's approaching 30. He's had a couple neck surgeries, so that's not going to go well. It doesn't age well. Necks don't age well. And, yeah, they're just basically a depleted version of last year. Now they no longer are getting the um, lucky endings. Mm-hmm. Um, Kirk Cousins, although the Vikings aren't really playing well, he's playing pretty well. Fantastic. Um, where do you see Kirk Cousins ending up next year, assuming the Vikings don't re-sign him? People, always, people still have that pipe dream where he goes to the Niners. Niners have found the franchise quarterback, so you can cross them off the list. Personally, I think the Jets should trade for him right now, but mm-hmm. they will not do that. They refuse to. Are they tanking? Are they what? I don't know. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. See, and they're not going to do it because Rodgers is going to be back next year. See, so he crossed that team off the list. I like the team you said at the house. You said the Falcons. First, yeah. I agree 100% with you, Josh. Yeah. I, I, I like, when, he, when we were at the house and he said that, like, I was like, that's honestly probably like the best choice for him because you replace Desmond Ritter. I don't even know why. That's a lot of trust in that organization to trust him. Um, but you have Bijan Robinson, which is like a younger, better version of Dalvin Cook. You know, healthy. Mm-hmm. You have what Drake London that you can target. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. You Tyler have Algiers a beast. You Cordell have a Patterson. line that you just resigned. So I mean, like I, I think all of. I think all of the keys to success are with the Falcons for him, you know, because I, I feel like with this last season in Minnesota, I don't think even though he'll play good and say he leads them to the playoffs or even the wild card, I don't think he stays at all. I think he goes and moves yeah. and finds that team that really wants him, but also the one team that looks like eye candy, and I think the team right now is the Falcons. Yeah, plus that's a team where right now he does everything for Minnesota because they can't run the ball, they can't play defense. He has to do everything on his arm. You go to that team, they have a good defense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have a good run game. They have uh, uh, improved weapons, I feel. Mm-hmm. Slight edge because of the running backs, but they don't have any running backs. That's what I meant to say. They have better running backs. Yeah. A run game helps a quarterback tremendously. So he goes from having to do everything to not having to do as much. So then for I think that just alone would make him play better because it's not all on him. And then he won't complain about his ribs. Yeah. I mean, he did take the most hits in the league last year. I mean, he's already had eight sacks this year. Did you see the documentary on Netflix? It was great. Mm-hmm. He's a great it, dude. It, it was amazing. But it was, like, shocking to see actually, like, what he went through with his yeah. body. I mean, the NFL quarterback, that job, the toll it takes on your body. Yeah. It's a hard job. Um. One one last question about the Minnesota Vikings. Justin Jefferson coming up, gonna need an extension. What's his future? Oh, you make him the highest paid receiver in the league. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic. When he was limping, they you could that stadium got real quiet. That big new giant eighty thousand seat stadium got real quiet. For good reason. That dude, you he never plays another game in a, another team's uniform ever. <laughs> you keep him. You pay him. You want? I want a billion. You give him a billion. <laughs> Is there any shot he chooses that he doesn't want to be in Minnesota anymore? I could see it. I think so. Because they're just gonna waste his career like it did with almost did with Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're never gonna be good. I I think he requests a trade and he leaves. That's the only way I see him leaving. Yeah. yeah. And they get first, second, two first, something like that from. <laughs> oh, he's worth a lot. So. 
Interesting. Let's let's move on to the Detroit Lions. I have two pretty big questions for this team. The first one is, is this team ready to compete yet? I think so. I think they're ready to compete. I think the the whole Dan Campbell movement is like really it's starting to move get the engine moving, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they really needed, you know. They needed to really get the the engine moving, but they also needed to kind of instill confidence in golf, I think. But and I think the Laporta was a good addition for them. Um on my fantasy team, baby. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Gibbs is a really, really good addition for them, but they just need to use him more. Like, whenever it's a crucial situation and they need something done, they should be putting that guy in, not David Montgomery. Yeah. But, I mean, other than that, I think this team has a lot of potential. They, I think this is their year, but they're not going to have a prolonged run of success. That whole DeAndre Swift, Jameer Gibbs situation to me proves that they're just not a good organization. You trade back to draft a running back, and the running back you had is looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Every chance he's gotten to be on the field. 300 yards in two games. Looks awesome. Like, Why couldn't you just go with Swift and Montgomery? You could have had Jalen Cardo at number six overall, but you chose a running back. And the running back you had was better. Jameer Gibbs isn't, hasn't really done anything. He has no touchdowns. He hasn't made the impact they thought he would in the past game. It's not really been pretty for him. So, the fact that they always have like kind of a borderline incompetent organization won't help them. But for this year, yeah, I believe they'll win the division. I believe they can win a playoff game. It just all comes down to that defense, which played great. They absolutely shut down Atlanta's run game, and the past defense was lights out. Right now, Brian Branch is my rookie of the year. I mean, he had 11 solo tackles, three pass breakups. He was a beast. 11 solos is hard as a safety. He looks fantastic. That was a great pick. If the defense and Hutchinson finally came to life, two sacks looked great. Just give him a nice little stanky leg after one of them. <laughs> it was great. If they get that out of their defense every week and golf continues to play how he does, get the run game going a little bit more, a little better, a little more efficient, yeah, they'll win the division by far. I think they can win a playoff game or two. But do I think they'll do that for three, four years in a row? No, I don't. Um, my next question, I want to move on to focusing on Jared Goff. Is he, once again, an elite quarterback? Yeah. Since the end of last year, he's been an elite quarterback. I mean, he went, what, 8-10 games without throwing an interception. He's put up stats. Even his first year in Detroit, he had pretty good stats. He missed about four games, still had over 20 passing touchdowns, 3,400 yards. Statistically, yeah, he's a top-tier guy. It's just whether or not he's going to make the winning drives placed in the big games to do it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's basically like a Kirk Cousins at this point but with more playoff victories. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's elite to me. He's top 10. Josh, what do you think? I think so. Uh, like, I, I, like I said, I think it goes back to that with instilling instilling that confidence in him. You know, I think that's what kind of, like, didn't really help them last year. I mean, towards the end of the season, yeah. But, uh, you know, with that rough start date they had. But I think, you know, with the whole type of confidence thing, I think that really played a huge part in, like, what their identity is right now. Um, going a little bit beyond him just being elite, is he an MVP candidate this season? They re- they run the ball too much for him to be an MVP candidate, to be honest, because he's not going to go out and get 350 yards and three touchdowns every game. And he's, to cut friendly, he's just not good enough to be an MVP. He got close that one year, but that that was a stacked team with Sean McVay. Yeah. 
they run the ball too much for him to be MVP, so no. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Moving on to our last team in the NFC North, the Green Bay Packers. My main question with this team is, what is the ceiling of the Love Lafleur duo? This year, it's a wild card berth. Maybe, maybe a playoff win, an upset playoff win. But long term, I mean, Jordan Love looks better every week. I mean, he played bad for two and a half quarters, but that last quarter and a half, he looked fantastic. He looked better than Justin Fields has ever looked. I was so mad that they won that game. So mad. I had to drink two beers. They, I mean, yeah, I see him only getting better. He's literally, when he plays it, he just looks like an Aaron Rodgers clone. Mm-hmm. He's taller, maybe a little bit more athletic than Rodgers. So that's not good for us. Not a good sign. He looks great. That was impressive. I mean, he goes against the Saints defense without two starting offensive linemen. They're two best offensive linemen. They're left-sided offensive line. Without Aaron Jones, the most important player on that offense. And then their two best defensive players. And too. Christian Watson. Mm-hmm. And he went on and he did that. I thought that was very impressive. Mm-hmm. So he looks great. Packers, I think they'll be the seventh seed this year. Sadly. Josh, what do you think the ceiling is? I think they have a high ceiling, but not for this year or next year. I think it's going to take them a minute to really kind of build that good connection. But, I mean, if you put it into terms of, like, winning seasons, I don't think it's many. And I think if they don't make a playoff berth wild card this year or next year, I think that's when, like, LaFert kind of, like, steps back and kind of, like, Hints at, let's just leave, leave it where it is. You know, we had our small run in 23, but like, you know, that like that's it. Like, no more. Like, I'm done. I want to go do something else, you know. But I think it has a decent ceiling, but it's nothing crazy. Um, Just by themselves, what is Jordan Love's potential? Pro Bowl quarterback. Yeah, I, that's, that's probably what I would push it to. Maybe like a backup quarterback on a winning team you know like a a philly or whatever you know like an actual stack team but only as a backup nothing like you your main quarterback would have to like die on the field for him to play so like that's that's what i see happening really then opposite of that what is what is lafleur's status as a coach in the league is he one of the top he's top tier he's done nothing but absolutely win every game other than last year he, he won every every game he's won playoff games obviously he didn't win the big game but He's top tier. Mm-hmm. That's a well-coached team. I would love if the Bears had him, but we won't. But yeah, he's he's top tier. He's in that top tier. With he's in the Reed and Belichick are in a tier really by themselves because of their history. Mm-hmm. But underneath, he's with the McVay, Shanahan's of the world. Those the McConnells because he's had that first great year. He's with those guys. Mm-hmm. Josh, what do you think? I kind of agree with Sackley, you know, like he could fit into this, you know, category of great coaches, um, obviously because, I mean, Aaron Rodgers helped him out with that, to be honest. Yeah. But regardless, he's still a good coach, though. You know, he knows how to call an offense, so I'm not going to downplay him on that, but I do like what Sackley said. The Bears could could have snatched him or something, you know, or if he wants to take that step away, I mean, I think if he wanted to stay in the NFC, I think the Bears would be a great position to do it because why not turn around a team that's at the bottom of the barrel you know why not be that guy whose name's going to be everywhere when you do that so i think that could be something 
he could probably want to do, you know, even after, uh, even if he still wants to like win and compete, you know, then that's when you look for the San Fran job, the Kansas job, the Eagles job, you know, something like that. But I mean, with his level of skill and intelligence, why not turn the bottom of the barrel team good, you know? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. If he's ever a free agent, he'll be quickly signed. Yeah. I mean, my biggest thing with like that Bears idea is the Bears have to stop being dysfunctional. <laughs> like we already, like we already mentioned. We're I don't just think, a dumpster fire, yeah, man. I don't think a coach like him. If you have success in this league, you're not going to the Chicago Bears. Yeah. The Bears attract coaches that need to prove themselves and do something like that. And you know, you look at like the past like five coaches. Trustman was a or Canadian Football League coach that wanted desperately to be an NFL coach. John Fox was coming off one of the greatest teams of all time, and he wanted to prove that he could be a good coach and it wasn't just the team. You know, Matt Nagy was kind of same deal coming kind off of one unknown, of the greatest teams yeah. of all time and wanted to prove himself as head coach, and it's not really working out. And then Matt Eberflus coaches a really good defense for a couple of years and wants to prove that he can be a head coach, and it's not working out. Yeah. You know, it's just – that's what the type of guys you get, and until we get a proven coach, I don't think we find that guy. Eberflus really had to prove himself because no one really wanted him. Mm-hmm. He was about f- number five on my list. He, I didn't even know who he was until they signed him. Honestly, the only reason why I knew who he was because I know everybody. Yeah, but <laughs> you got the photograph. He, he never him. even had an elite. Well, he had an elite defense, but not a great defense in Indianapolis. It was never a defense that was going to carry them to the playoffs. It was. All right, we can play with the lead. We got a run game. Okay, our defense, let's go take over. And let your two all pros in the, your front seven really just control the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see what happens with those NFC North teams. Let's move on to our next division, talk about the NFC East. The Cowboys had a tough loss to the Cardinals this week, which brings up my big question is how important are the star players to this team because Trevon Diggs missed his first week with that ACL tear now? How how much can this team do without some of those star guys? They'll be okay. I mean, Trevon Diggs is one of the best corners leagues. So that's mm-hmm. a big loss. To be honest, I think they lost that game because they're just so sad about it. Mm-hmm. They did not. They were very emotional about that. Because, you know, it's a torn ACL in practice. Like, those really hurt. That's tough, like especially your, for a team leader. Like, like your that. unforced ones like that, where it's probably like a non-contact drill or someone fell. Those are the ones that hurt the most. If he went out and he was balling and he got hurt, okay. He did it there, but in practice, those hurt. Mm-hmm. Like when you when you're in college and you lose a guy in like the scrimmage, it, you know, yeah, spring game, something like that. Those hurt. Those are bad. Those will kill morale. But they, really, I mean, they really need them. They need they on both sides. They they have solid players everywhere, but they have stars and then some guys that aren't. I'm saying they're bad, but they're not name brand guys. They're not guys that you, uh, the average person will know. So they kind of do need their stars to. Ball out, especially now with without their best corner, Jordan Lewis is coming off like a historically bad injury. Uh, they got a bunch of younger guys, and they got Gilmore's almost past his prime. Like he's past his prime, but he's still good. But that's a guy that like he might have one week where he just struggles because he's going against someone that's young and fast, like Patrick Peterson week one. Mm-hmm. Now Patrick Peterson the last two weeks looks pretty good. It's gonna be like that. It was Dak. I mean, the Cardinals have always not, not the Cardinals. The Cowboys have always struggled against the Cardinals for whatever reason. Historically, even back to the nineties, Troy Aikman said, "Yeah, his worst two games of his career were against the Cardinals." The Cardinals beat him a couple years ago. They beat him in the Jason Garrett era. It's a weird thing with them going to Arizona. It's the Emmett Smith curse. It really is. <laughs> so I'm not too worried. It's just one game, but 
Dak Prescott was not cooking. He was cooking up some bad stuff, <laughs> as you saw in those memes with that one touch <laughs> interception. Up in his home. In the trash can. <laughs> they they need to stay healthy because they're kind of an old team. If you look really look at it. Mm-hmm. Josh, how important do you think these stars are to that team? Super important. It's like it just goes to show that when you don't have that like cushion under you, uh, pulled from under you with a injury like that from practice, it just goes to show that like everyone is kind of like it's like that one meme where like all the SpongeBob's are running around in his head, just burning everything and like <laughs> freaking out. I think that's what that is right now for the Cowboys, especially losing to the Cardinals, a Josh Dobbs led Cardinals. Um, respect my boy's name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I think that's like, they're kind of like in a panic mode right now, uh, because, you know, losing him was not expected, but also Parsons didn't have a good night either. Yeah. I mean, Arizona's got two good offensive tackles. They don't have a lot. Yeah. Paris Johnson's looks like really good draft. I am. I'm very excited for when we talk about the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. I really want to talk about them. Yeah, but they, he was going. Paris Johnson's the real deal. Humphreys is a solid player, so yeah. yeah. Um, Plus, Parsons was talking some trash. He was saying weird things about Dobbs. He's still like I, he's kind of a weird guy. He did some weird stuff in the locker room at Penn State. I know that's kind of the norm over there, but he did some weird stuff when he was in college. He opted out the COVID year, which is always kind of interesting to hear their perspective on that. Mm-hmm. I, and so, yeah. How do you guys feel about? Guys like Micah Parsons and Travis Hunter having these like bleacher report shows where they just like talk right after games. Like what how I do you guys it. feel about that? It's like it's like Draymond. I absolutely hate it. Yeah, it's it, it's it's so pointless. Like say what you gotta say in the interviews. So what if they word it this way or that way? You know what you said, leave it at that. Defend it. Mm-hmm. You don't gotta go and be like, Oh, they're gonna say this tomorrow, but I actually said this. Shut up. You're getting paid millions of dollars to play a game that people love watching because you get to almost go kill people and give them permanent brain damage, you know? Like, just shut up and play your game. You may have six, seven more zeros in your account than me. I could care less. At least I'm more sensible, and I'll keep my mouth shut and just go to work. Mm -hmm. Why can't you do the same? I don't blame them because they're probably getting six, seven figures to do a a stupid amount of money. I, I don't really like it because yeah, Travis Hunter. He's walked. I'm not ripping on him, but he's he's doing it during the Colorado game. That's what I'm saying. He's streaming two K in the on, middle of dude. this game, and then when you're hurt, you're supposed to watch your team in a dark room with you know maybe a little mixed drink and be sad. Well, and then and then Bleacher Report posts something like two days after it of what uh, Travis Hunter texted to Dion and what Dion texts back, and Travis Hunter texted Dion. Dion, it's a he's private like, conversation. Yeah, and he goes. I, I'm going to play this week. Like, I really want to play this week. And then Dion's like, no, just stay home, rest up. I love you. And then he's playing 2K I, I, on a stream I, I during Dion. the middle of the game. I love Dion so much. If I was Dion, I'd be so mad at him. It's just. <sighs> like, I, I get it. Go chase your bag, kid. Like, Go I, ahead. I feel that. But at like, the same do time. Do it during the off season. There should exactly. be no in-season podcasts and stuff like that. Wait one day. Do it on a Sunday. Not on during your team's game. I hate that. Especially when your team's getting blown out like that. And then Parsons, like, it's right after the game. You just lost. Go be with your brothers. Exactly. You just lost. Don't You shouldn't be talking. But no, he's going on his show on Bleacher Report. Quiet plane ride home. He's going on his show on Bleacher Report talking about how he just lost to the Cardinals in a heartbreaking game. And then after they're done talking about that, he goes and clowns on the Broncos. Like, he didn't just have a just-as-embarrassing game. Like, it's just getting ridiculous, some of these players. 
absolutely ridiculous. And, so, and I, I agree with Josh. I think it stems from those podcasts that all these guys have. Like, dudes are just given a platform for no reason. And all I these understand. guys do not need a platform. At all. With A lot of them really don't need it. Like, we really shouldn't, they should not be influencing our youth. Like, learn from Myers Leonard and his whole platform yeah. that he has. And then that, that's where the downfall started. Yeah. And I know we're talking about football, but that's kind of like how, like, that whole down, like, downhill, like, actions had for Draymond Green. Like, it was just like, every week it was something different. He was saying always something new. Yeah, it was always, always in ESPN news, regular news, like, whatever. Like, this guy was just shooting himself in the foot. And these guys in the NFL need to, like, cut it out. He'd go one for nine from the field and be like, yeah, that's how the game went. Yeah, we saw Draymond. I don't like it. I understand. You're good. I don't blame them. They're getting paid an insane amount of money to do this and to not really do hard work. Just record yourself talking about football. I don't blame them. I just don't like it. Well, and, like, the whole reason and, like, the fake reason that people give for these guys having these shows is, like, oh, they give you a certain insight yeah. insight to their sport and stuff. But at the same time, I don't care. Like, I just, like, if I'm being honest, I want to see you go play your sport. I don't have time to watch this. Exactly. Leave it, leave it to us. Leave it to the actual reporters to do their jobs. You're just taking jobs from those people to... Tell what stupid locker room stories that nobody really cares about that. A lot much. of them aren't yeah. authorized, and it, it, it's not. It's not like we've all been there. All three of us have played football here. You know, like we know how it is in the locker room. So it's just like, all right, like how you said, like shut up and go play football. Like we already know, and other people who are sitting there watching these things be like, oh yeah, oh my god, like this is crazy. Like, these guys don't even care about. Yeah, they don't even care. Anymore. Like they want their more. They either want to be a YouTuber, a Twitch person, a personality, a TikToker, social whatever. It's like, is where's football player on your priority list? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they all and it's have like to have a podcast. I'm like, bro, go lift some weights, bro. Go run. It's, it's, you didn't have a good year last year, buddy. Exactly. And none of these people watching it are gonna become NFL players because they don't have what it takes. It's you know, just, they're, they're not learning anything from your insight. It's I think it's more fun to listen to people that actually like. I'm not saying there's a lot of guys that do love the sport. I say most of the guys love their sports, but a lot of these guys that are doing these podcasts don't really seem like they love the sport. They I'd love be, the spotlight. I'd be more interested love. to hear from like a practice squad or really, exactly or like a guy who, like has been on like seven different teams and like one day one week he's a starter, one week he's not. Mm-hmm. It's way more interesting. Yeah, like a Josh McCown or something. Or like on the QB1 when you're hearing Marcus Mariota's story. Yeah, or even a guy like Kirk Cousins who's like, everyone really didn't like that much prior to that. And prior to 2022, okay, hear his perspective. That that's... It was boring when Mahomes was on there. He's like, oh, yeah, we just won the Super Bowl again. But also, like, that, here, Brittany. that type of stuff is good insight. Like, that's stuff that people yeah. do want to hear. What these guys are telling on these stories is just stupid stuff. Just dumb stuff. It's just whatever they can say to get a quick tiktok out there basically it's not anything of use or could help people Mm -hmm. yeah it's 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 a weird world let's move on to the next team stop ranting about michael parsons and his show and talk about the philadelphia eagles there's not a lot to not a lot to say about them the question we do have and the question that a lot of people have been asking is the qb sneak too op no because they're the only team that can run it like that no one ever like we need to ban. It. They're the only team that can run like that because they have the best center in the game and a quarterback that squats six hundred and fifty <laughs> pounds like it's nothing. That's the reason why that works. Everyone's like, oh, it's because they're but no, it's because they have Kelsey and Hertz, who's Hertz is two thirty, all muscle, and Kelsey's the best 
center in the game. Plus, it helps that he's not very tall, so he gets under everybody. Well, and they have good guards, too. Landon yeah. Dickerson. Oh, Landon Dickerson and uh, Cam Jurgens is uh-huh. going to be the guy that replaces Kelsey. He's good. It's great. I, if I were them, I, I would do it every play. They, <laughs> if they ran on third and eight, it would probably work. <laughs> Josh, what do you think about the QB sneak? I think it's stupid. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I've, I've played both sides of the ball, and being on that defensive side is... It's atrocious because, like, what what are you going to do? Especially with what Sackley said. Kelsey's small enough already. But, like, dude, like, you can try and match him on the level height of getting low, but, like, you're not beating him. He went against the ultimate, the final boss of nose tackles, Vita Vea. Still worked to perfection. Even though they ran on, like, a third and two and it still worked. Yeah, like, I know a lot of people are, like, a lot of uh, my coworkers are, like, Oh, like some someone were saying, like, oh no, like keep it, like it's getting me points for fantasy. And then the other ones are like, it's stupid, like it just it makes the game so boring because you already know what's going in. Like make it more exciting. Yeah, you know what's gonna happen. I'll stop it. Mm-hmm. It makes it be like it's like like it's like when that heavyweight boxer he throws that right hook and it's like, oh no, not again, no. <laughs> it's like that. But like, what if he misses? What if the guy counter punches him? He knocks him out. What if you stuff him? But. The Commanders did that on Monday night last year, and we were like, whoa! Never seen that before. That makes it even better. Mm-hmm. Everyone's freaking out about the Eagles' offense. The Eagles' offense is fine. Yeah. They're getting 250 rushing yards a game. Yeah, Hurts doesn't look fantastic, but you got a new coordinator. You it's early in the year. You fantastic when the defense is just killing everybody on the other side. Yeah, the then you got two of the three games where in the rain. I'm not worried. He's fine. He's gotten a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown both of the last games. He's on pace for, like, 40 total touchdowns. He's fine. Yeah, the picks, you hate to see that, but it happens. They got A.J. Brown involved. It'll only get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had that great throw to Zacchaeus for the <gasps> touchdown. He was All in the air. Zacchaeus. That's oh, one of my favorite Good for him. He's, in, he's the number three receiver on mm-hmm. uh, Philadelphia now. He mm-hmm. got out of the trenches of Atlanta, and now he's on a good team. He was a baller in Atlanta, too. He I was think good. He was underrated. He wasn't bad, yeah. Moving on to the next NFC East team. We'll finish off with these two teams, and we got to take a quick break after that. But we got the New York Giants. One of my personal big questions about this team is Evan Neal is bad. And why is he bad? He just All those Alabama offensive linemen, they all get hyped. They have no technique. Even though you can go generations. Chance Warmack didn't work. DJ Fluker didn't pan out that well. Barrett Jones... Alex Leatherwood, there's some more modern guys. Jonah Williams hasn't Jonah played well. Jonah Williams is bad. I don't like him. You guys know how I feel about Jonah Williams. <laughs> uh, I think Ryan Kelly is the best one out of all of them. He's always hurt. Cam Robinson is only tackle that's really played well. And he, he started Wills, off not great. Jedrick Wills kind of just gets worse every year. He started out great, but just gets worse every year. I don't know. Some of these Alabama offensive line, they just, they're not made to succeed. He has all the size and athleticism in the world. He just has no technique. He can't land his hands. He can't go without leaning. He leans so much, especially in the run game. It's bad. It is bad. Drop your hips, move your feet, chest up, pull your neck, and let's go. That offensive line is just really making me mad. I really like Schmitz at center. He should be much better. Thomas is fine. The two guards, they kind of they switched out left guards. They put in Shane Lemieux, third, fourth-year guy out of Oregon because uh, – I believe it was uh, that Ben Bredesen, he wasn't getting it done. Mm-hmm. And they put someone else in at the other guard because there's an injury. But 
they just look bad, especially that week one game. That was the most, that was the worst offensive performance I've ever seen out of any team. Was that week one performance? I mean, it literally looked like the Cowboys had fifteen players on the field. Yeah, it's bad. Um, you know, kind of kind of going more into the general questions for this Giants team. The one that everybody is asking now is, how do you feel about this Daniel Jones contract? Three three weeks into the season, it's not looking good. He it's, has not played well. Yeah, it's not looking like it was worth it. Um, they should and, have franchise tagged him. I said it. He had one good year of production out of four. Franchise tag him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think right now, like, um, we talked about it a little. Like, the front office is probably like, you know, oh, no, we need to do something for, like, the future. You know, like, this, this, this cannot be what we, like, stand for, you know? So, because I think even with that last season like playoff <laughs> berth that they had the the owners kind of got like ahead of themselves and they got excited so i think that's why they gave him this extension because they were like oh he could do it again blah blah blah. Yeah. that's not right but like i just think they got way too excited really early yeah it helps that that deal's incentivated so it's not as bad but it's not looking good they're still paying him t- at least at the minimum it'll be 20 million a year for the next three years mm-hmm. after this year so, not looking good for the Giants then. What are you going to do with Saquon? Are you really going to bring him back on another one-year deal? He kind of burned his bridge there. I don't think so. I don't think he'll... No, he won't be with the Giants next year. He won't year. do it. And he's currently hurt right now, so that yeah. doesn't help either. Yeah. And Darren Waller, there's one scene in Breaking Bad where Walter White calls Jesse Pinkman a certain name, and that's what he looks like right now. It's not worth the Kadarius Tony fourth-round pick or whatever they gave up for him. It was like third or fourth-round pick. There's no... Yeah. It was number 100 overall, mm-hmm. third-round pick. That hasn't worked out, and now you kind of spurred whatever development your good young tight end Daniel Bellinger had. Uh, they're not putting Wendell Robinson on the field. Jalen Hyatt, whenever he has, is on the field, has a great impact Electric, on the game. Yeah. They don't want to play him. They still play their – Darius Slayton has been there for like 35 years. And he's still like – Hodgkins, who's okay, I like him, but Slayton just like never improves. Everybody's no. like he he's always like just good enough to stay a starting receiver, basically. Yeah. It's like is he gonna take the next step this mm-hmm. year? No, it's just four years in a row. Yep. He had same stats last year as he did as a rookie. Mm-hmm. And then um the offensive line's bad. So yeah. let's move on to our last team here, the Washington Commanders. My big question with this team, do we buy or sell at the deadline? What's the what's the trajectory well, of this team? They have to they have to not tank because this is if Ron Rivera does, doesn't make playoffs this year he's he's fired so they're not going to tank. Josh Harris wants to have a good year in his first year as an owner. He said that he's like I want to win this year. I mean through two games I was really I was high on this team, mm-hmm. and then this week happened. And then I was I was loving Sam Howell then he throws a four interception clunker. Defense, I was like, man, this pass rush is just scary. It's a Super Bowl caliber pass rush. And then they lost 37. And they play in a tough division. Didn't look as good this week, but I th- they can make the playoffs. They'll be a sixth seed. They'll 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 beat out the Saints for the sixth seed. Mm-hmm. That's what I think this team will do. They'll lose in the first round, but that's what I think they'll do. I'm excited to see the future of this team with the new owner. Because before Daniel Snyder, this was one of the premier organizations in the NFL. Now that he's gone, I think they'll be much better. Josh, do you think Sam Howell is the guy? I think for right now he is. I mean, he had a rough game. Um, not very good stat-wise. Um, but, I mean, I think 
it was just a rough week for him. Uh, I feel like this can be a teaching lesson for him. And I think it really needs to be because, I mean, why not, you know, entrust everything into a young quarterback, develop him, this and that, but also have like point out to him that, you know, like this is real life kid. Like this, like you have good days, you have bad days, you have really, really bad days and you have really, really good days. So, I mean, I think right. It was just a little bump in the road. Yeah. And I think he'll learn from this. I don't think they need to panic or, you know, put in a, what, who's the backup? Um, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Brissett. So I don't think they need to do all that, really, in my opinion. I think they just need to be like, hey, this is a wake-up call. Like, now like now that you know what it feels like to get really punched in the mouth, like, let's lock it in right now. So I think that's this, – this was good for him to lose. Yeah. I mean, he won his first three starts. He's one of the first quarterbacks to do that in a long time. Looked good in his first three starts, so. Yeah. It was – a, a bad, inexperienced, clunker game was going to happen eventually. And it was going to a very good defense. People always forget about the Bills' defense. They've been number one, number two in points per game the last two years. It's a very good defense. Yeah. And it happened early. Yeah. You know, imagine he goes almost 15 games, like, really, really nice, you know, every game. 250, 300 yards every game, you know. And then that week 16 where, and that week 17 where it's, like, really crucial to not really, like, mess up, he has this game. Yeah, you know, like that. It's better to have it really early and then get everything corrected. You know, it was per, it was like perfect timing almost for yeah, them. Get it out of the way against a really good football team. Exactly, because you know, now you have that experience in the film to really look back on and be like, all right, now I know what really good defense looks like. Yeah. Like, let me attack it this way. You know, whatever. You know, for sure. All right, folks, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll finish off the NFC and then get into the AFC side of things, talking about one question or a couple questions for some of these teams about each team in the NFL. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with the BJB Show on WRSE. Welcome back to the Blue Jay Boys Show. How's everybody doing? If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the award-winning Blue Jay Boys show. If you liked what you heard during that break, be sure to tune in Sunday nights, 10 to midnight, to Big Chuck's Late Night Mix to hear more music just like that. If you guys are tuning in just now to the Blue Jay Boys show, you must just talk through a couple divisions in the NFL, asking one question for every team in the NFL. Let's pick it right back up with the NFC West. I want to jump into some of these teams. Starting with the Arizona Cardinals. Yes. I know you wanted to talk about them. First of all, we didn't really have a question, but just a statement. Hey, I felt bad for Jonathan Gannon. Everyone was making fun of him. Everyone was saying this and that because he had that one weird interaction after he just got hired with Kyler Murray. He was saying they're going to be the worst team in the league. They were going to do what they did to Steve Wilkes to him. If this team had Kyler Murray, they'd be 3-0 and right now. They played three close games. They smacked the Cowboys around. They're playing fast and physical. He's the opposite of Kingsbury. He was letting them take social media breaks. He's like, no, we're coming to work today, man. He's got. He's more of that type of guy. I like it. He's a little more old school. They're running a good scheme on offense. I like it. It's much better than the Kingsbury scheme. Uh, I mean, Josh Jobs, they're making Josh Jobs look this good. If Josh Jobs looks this good, then Kyler Murray's going to have an all-pro year when he comes back. They got... What? No. I think if jo- if Dobbs is playing this well, I don't think Dobbs is that good. <laughs> okay, neither do I. But I think if he's playing this well, I don't think Curry. Uh, oh, Curry! Wow, Kyler goes in. Just They're yet. putting Kyler Murray, and they paid him forty million dollars a year. Uh, They're not putting him on the bench. He's injury prone. For Josh Dobbs. For Josh Dobbs, who's got like Bro. two touchdown passes this year. Injury prone is the name of the game in the NFL in twenty twenty. Yeah, then you got a good backup. Simple as that. 
They're running the ball pretty well, despite really not having. They have James Conner, who's like fifty. Uh, you know, they they gutted their receiver position. But hey, Rondell Moorhead, he's a he good gadget awesome, guy. Yeah. Marquise Brown is really holding the number one spot, a number one receiver role pretty well. Defense is flying around. They got a better scheme. I think they've played great so far. They're exceeding all expectations. If they did have Kyler, they'd be three and zero. They'd be tied for first in their division. So, I I, I want to see them against the. Uh, 49ers this week against that defensive line. You know, you got two good young offensive tackles. Humphreys and obviously Paris Johnson, who looks fantastic. Looks like the real deal. Wish we would have got him. And, uh, yeah, I'm very happy with the Cardinals. I'm glad they won. I hope they continue to win. Josh, is it just injuries that worries you about Kyler Murray, or is there more? I think it's injuries, but also it just seems like he doesn't want to play football anymore. Like from last season, watching that game against the Raiders, it just seemed like he just he was just like, all right, I'm tired of running around. I just I, I don't want to play football anymore. It just it seems like his body language is really just like meh. You I know? think that stems from Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. He didn't like Cliff Kingsbury. He never really did. I don't think anybody in the history of football has ever liked Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, he, has, he was running a college scheme besides, where he has to uh, run around. Patrick Mahomes, but yeah. that's that's about it. That's. That's the most he'll get as I think he I think he's refreshed by this new guy. He seems Kyler Murray isn't like a very joking type of guy. He's, to me, he seems kind of serious. And then when he gets past a certain point of frustration, he's like, I don't care. He's not like a guy that's going to be laughing after we lose. He's like, a, I don't want to talk to anybody. Everyone get away from me type of guy. Yeah. The headphones on. Like, I think last season he was really regretting. I bet you. Last season with Kingsbury, he was probably regretting. And just thinking about, man, I passed up the Oakland A's for this. You know? The Oakland uh, A's. <laughs> the worst team in baseball. Hey, talk, he, talk about dysfunction. Come on, bro. Dude, dude he would have turned, turned them around, bro. I, yeah, I One swear. player with a bunch of minor leaguers who were selling hot dogs for spare income. Yes, years bro. Ago. I, I, I promise. I promise you. He wanted Cliff Kingsbury out of there, and he was mad that he tore his ACL. I Yeah, his... I don't think he's going to have the video game problems anymore. That was something Cliff Kingsbury allowed that's not happening on Gannon's watch. And I think kind of to your point about how he just didn't really like Cliff Kingsbury, I think a lot of that, his video game thing was, to Josh's point too, he didn't care because he didn't like Cliff Kingsbury. I don't like the scheme. I don't like our game plan. I'm just going to play He's a very smart guy. He's like, I already know the game plan. I'm like, why am I going to do all this? I know I'm going to have to run around because we have no tackles. Mm -hmm. The offensive line wasn't being addressed. They addressed it a little bit more now, obviously, with Paris Johnson. Because he said, I straight up, hey, I want more protection. They got Paris Johnson. Mm-hmm. So, I think I think Kyle Murray turns it around. Talking about prote- protection, let's move over to the Seattle Seahawks. My question for the Seattle Seahawks is, can their trenches hold up to keep them in some kind of contending, playoff contending area? Yeah, they they were running the ball well on offense. The offense line would be okay, especially when they get healthier, get Charles Cross back. Interior's pretty good. The right tackle's good. I like Abraham Lucas. It's the D-line that I need to see more. They, they went on, they got Draymond Jones, and the Uchenna Nwosu had 10 sacks last year, and I want to see that from him again. Draymond, uh, I, I need to see more pass rush. Then they got they have five to three games, which isn't bad. A lot better than the Bears, but... Yeah. It's not Again, great. Anything is better. Than you're gonna need. Right? You're gonna need more than that to beat the Niners. You're gonna need more than that to beat the Eagles. If you want to be need true more than that to beat the Rams and either. Cowboys. Yeah. The Rams just own the Seahawks. <laughs> it's just bad. It's bad. It's really bad. Ever, ever since the Legion of Boom was disevolved, it, it's been the Rams owning the Seahawks. Yeah. So, they they mean they need they need more from their pass rush. Simple as that. 
Josh, how do you feel about this team's chances with the D-line that they have right now? See, with the D-line, I'm not too sure. Like, Sackley has it down to a statistical point, right? Because he knows these guys from before. Like I told you at the house, I'm more of a big picture guy. I watch it and see what I, like, could critique or, like, obviously I I can't give them pointers because I'm me, (laughs) right? We're all retired Division III football players, right? Yeah, I'm so um, so washed. (laughs) So, like, but I look at, at the bigger picture and think of things that, you know, that could help affect this defense, especially with that front line and how things could go better, you know. And I think, you know, we there are obviously things that you could fix there with the D-line, but I also think a huge part of this Seahawks team is Kenneth Walker. Yeah, You have to keep that guy healthy, you know. When we we'll get to the the Browns and everything, right? But what happened to Nate Chubb, you cannot have happen to anyone else in any team, really, right? But like Kenneth Walker is such a huge part of that offense; it's insane. Yeah, that right? offense is run through him. Exactly. Everyone can talk about the receivers; that offense runs through him. Exactly, because like you had before the game even started with the Seahawks, you had Metcalf questionable. Like obviously, he they're not running their offense through him anymore. I don't like the way they use him. I really don't. Sorry, Josh. No, it's all right. But, yeah, like, this team rides on that guy's shoulders. And I think that the D-line needs to step up and put the team on their shoulders instead because you give you give the offense more opportunity to go and score, but if you're not going to do your job, you're just making yourself tired and more tired. And it kind of, like, ruins the morale between the two sides. You know, it creates a big conflict that no team should have, you know. So, I don't know. That's just, like, what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to our next team. A team that doesn't have very much conflict going on, but more questions about their future. The 49ers. They are one of the best teams in football right now. Potentially could be one of the best teams of this era. Um, how short is their window right now in terms of contracts and stuff like that coming up this future? This is pretty much their last year. It's got to be this year, but... This I think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. If I had to pick a team, it's them. They could have won it last year if Prairie doesn't get hurt in the NFC Championship game. It's their year. They have the defensive line. They have the, the whole defense. The whole defense is just fantastic. They have the offensive line, despite losing a couple guys. Aaron Banks is having an all-pro year. With Trent Williams on the left side, that's nuts. Mm-hmm. Spencer Burford is growing in his second year. Randell is still solid. Colton McKivitz is better than I thought he was. Kittle's staying healthy for now. They need that. They need him. He's crucial. Yeah, that's Black Purdy's security blanket. Ayuk and Debo are fantastic. And they got this Ronnie Bell. He's they said he's the honorary member of the third member of the Yak Boys. <laughs> so you got him and then Purdy. I mean, they told Trey Lance thing isn't even worth mentioning. That's a that's a that headline's done. Yeah, they missed that. They found their franchise guy. This guy's gonna be their quarterback for the next ten to fifteen years. He's very good. Mm-hmm. I've yet to see him make a bad decision. It's fantastic. They have everything. They got the best fullback in the game as well. Uh, you have a weapon com- as a fullback. It's kind of nuts. And then obviously McCaffrey, but then they got Elijah Mitchell, solid. And they got that big boy, Anthony Mason. <sighs> Give him a couple late, late downs. I mean, he, uh, he's a big boy. <laughs> they got everything. Even their third, I'm raving about their third string running back. That's how good this team is. Mm-hmm. They have everything. So just stay healthy. Yeah. I believe they'll win the Super Bowl this year. I feel better about them than any other team. 
And then kind of to speed up this process a little bit, let's move right on to the Rams. Josh, is this Stafford's last season? I think so. I honestly think so. And I think that this is a bold statement, but even when Cooper Cup comes back, Puka Nakua is not getting off that field. Yeah, that, that kid is a dog. Like he, I think right now he's I think what I saw he's fourth in in line to win rookie of the year, but I think right now they said uh, Stroud. Uh yeah, Stroud. Stroud's number one for right now, and it was only because of that big win against uh, the Jags. And I mean, yeah, Nakua has been more impressive. Yeah, Nakua has been more impressive. So is Bijan Rob. So is Bijan Robinson. He's been way more impressive too. So it's kind of like you know, you know. So, um, I don't know. Uh, I think for right now, I can say <laughs> confidently that like this is Stafford's last year. Yeah, he's old. You know, he, yeah, he's old. He's got the back issues. Neck issues. The neck issues. He's played through a lot of injuries in Detroit. Yeah. So, I think, I think he won his Super Bowl, you know. He got, he got his Super Bowl, and I think he's like, all right, we're just going to play this until Cooper comes back, and then we'll try a little bit to try and make this wild card or whatever. But... I think that this is it. This that is or go to the year. Falcons. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about that one. I'd rather, have, Colts, I'd rather have where quarterbacks go to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, they got Richardson now. They'll be okay. If he can stay healthy. Yeah, yeah he, if he, he, he can, can stay healthy, Jesus yeah. Lord. All right, let's move on to our last NFC division, the NFC South. We'll fly through this one a little bit. The team I want to talk about first is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and who I think is one of the most underrated players of all time. Where does Mike Evans rank in your top uh, receivers of this era. Ten. You got him that far down. Exactly where was he's not ten, but top ten. Uh, I got him number five. I got, I got AB. I got Julio. Devontae Adams, um, DeAndre Hopkins, mm. and oh, uh, oh, that's a take. DeAndre Hopkins is a dog. We're just forgetting because he's washed on the Titans now, but he was a beast. Look at pull up the stats. <laughs> no, no, Don't no, quiz no, me no, on this. No, 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 no. I'm not saying he's not then I'd a great receiver. A Kelvin Johnson. He has the stats for it. If we're including him in this era. Yeah, I would. Just because he retired early. Josh, why would you put Mike Evans over DeAndre Hopkins? I don't know. I feel like he's a like. Hopkins is just so good because he has such large hands and he could hold on to the ball. Yeah, well, that's a good thing to and have. No, and I'm not saying it's not a bad thing, but like I feel like Evans just I don't know. I've seen I feel like even when he had the crutch Tom Brady on his team, I feel like I've seen him make not more or better plays, but he made some plays that made you question like the receivers that have played yeah, the game. I don't know. I've seen some DeAndre plays. Hopkins DeAndre did Hopkins did it with like... Brandon Whedon, Ryan Mallett, Hoyer. Osweiler. Oh, Brock Osweiler, baby. <laughs> he did Watson. it with uh, Tom Savage for that two, three-year stretch where they had, like, a new guy every week. He carried them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, TJ I mean, Yates. I mean, looking at these stats, DeAndre Hopkins has not beaten in, like, almost every category besides yards per reception, touchdowns, which Mike Evans is killing him in touchdowns. He's got for 13 real? more touchdowns than him. Dang. Like, whole season's worth of touchdowns. Well, that's because, like, he had Tom Brady crutch. Yeah. So that and then yard, yards per target. Um, I mean, Mike Evans has had a thousand yard receiving every oh, thousand yard season every year that he's been in the league, and he's on pace to have another thousand yard year. He's this fantastic. Year. He's he, good. He's a he's the most consistent player in the league. Yeah. 
I don't think there's any other guy. And so many people were like, he's going to fall off this year. But if you think about it, you look at those guys like DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones and Antonio Brown, all those guys you put ahead of them, and you're like, they they fell off the face of the earth after like one rough year. Yeah, yeah. Julio's not even playing anymore. Yeah. My, my, Antonio Brown is calling Matt Canada bad things on Twitter <laughs> so that he can get the OC job. So. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you're just talking about longevity and like that. Mike Evans is a first ballot Hall of Famer. In my opinion, I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer when he's all done with his career. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. It's hard for receivers, though, but I think he can still do it. I, I mean, if he – so looking at these stats, he's only about – like, what is that? 700 yards behind DeAndre Hopkins. So he has a chance to pass him in two years in total yards, and that would probably include catches, maybe not targets. How many total yards does he have so far? Uh, so he has te- uh, Evans has 10,722, and Hopkins has 11,400. Okay, so he'll hit 11,500 by the end of the year. Another two, three good, more decent years. Probably will end up with 100 touchdowns. He'll probably career. end up with 15,000 crew. That's that's Hall of Fame numbers. Yeah. That's Larry Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. So, he and he's a first ballot. So, oh, I forgot about him. Yeah, but he was he was he was kind of like on the downhill for a who, while. Who would you put it? Mike Evans or Larry Fitzgerald? I'll put, I'll put, I'm putting Larry Fitzgerald. Okay, Larry number Fitzgerald. six. <laughs> Good job, Chuck. <laughs> Wait, the smartest I, guy in here. I, I did ha- I did have a quick quick question because I know you want to get through this. Yeah, what's up? So last season was it last? Last season or the season before? No, the season before when the Rams won the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. right? Cooper Cup was a triple crown winner. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like that yeah. thing. Do you think Mike Evans could do that with Baker? Not with not with Baker. I mean, I think Mike he Evans. He won't have catches because Justin yeah. Jefferson gets 15 a game because that's all they have. Yeah. But yards, touchdowns, yeah, he could do that. Yeah. And I think, like, if he got the targets, again, and, like, what was big about Cooper Cup and like exactly said with Justin Jefferson is that like they were just feeding those guys the ball. Yeah. Tampa Bay's never gonna do that. That's what they're doing with Puka and Nakua. He's just in the great system. Well, yeah. and I thought that too, and then I saw Puka get a couple of these catches this last game they played, and I was like, okay, maybe he's legit. Because yeah, that, no, that, yeah, that, no that, that one that one handed catch was disgusting. Well, he had the other one that he was like getting hit by three dudes and just oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Just, that, he's that just Puka Nakua. He's a tough dude. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next NFC South team. Let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons. What do the Atlanta Falcons do if they can't run the ball? They have to open it. They they can't just keep running it when it's not working. You have to open it up. Use these weapons. Use Mac Hollins. Use uh, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. Get Cordell out of the backfield. Put put up Bijan at slot receiver. Scotty Miller, you have him. I think Use this him. team has like... The scariest looking weapons. Oh yeah, without it, everyone's like, like six five and jacked. Just terrifying. <laughs> just jacked. They look scary coming off the bus. Uh huh. But they don't really produce. That's the only thing. Yeah. If if you don't, if you can't run the ball, I think that's when you go for Kirk Cousins. You get a quarterback who can actually make plays and produce with the talent that he has around him. Do you think that Desmond Ritter has played bad enough to warrant switching him out of that offense, or do you give the guy not a yet. shot? His first two games are pretty solid. At least not bad. They won too, so that helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'd have to get into the thick of it for them to really be like, "All right, time to go out and get someone." Yeah. Do you guys believe that Desmond Ritter has any potential to continue to be this team's starting quarterback, no. or is it just not long term? No. He's no. just not that talented. No. Yeah. For sure. Let's rapid fire through these NFC South. The Carolina Panthers. 
Should we be disappointed? By yes, this team? I'm disappointed. I thought they'd be much better. They ended this the end of the year on a very hot streak. Yeah, I know they lost to J. Moore, but they got some good guys. They drafted Mingo. They got Chark and Thielen and Hayden Hurst. I returned the whole offensive line. I thought they should be much better. Defense yeah. should be at least be okay with Burns and Shin and all the boys. I'm disappointed. Yeah, definitely. And I, I mean. I'm eating my own words, but I said that Stroud was going to be a bust. I did not think Bryce Young was going to be a bust, and it's kind of turning out. I know, obviously, the injuries don't—you can't really say bust with the injuries and, you know, stuff like that. But, I mean, even when he was healthy for those first two games, he didn't look good at all. Yeah, it's still early, though. Yeah, it is still early, and the injuries, like I said, play a factor in how he's performing— because it even goes back to Joe Burrow. He can't step and plant and throw, you know? He's so and, little. And especially, yeah, he's little, uh, and he just hurt his ankle pretty bad, too. So that doesn't help him at all, either. So I feel like they just, they got to, like, give it a little bit more time. But I think as of right now, he's probably looking as, like, the worst bust in this class right now. And I think what also kind of makes him look a little worse through these three weeks is that Andy Dalton played so well last week. Oof. I think that Red Rifle still got it, baby. And I think that kind of shows that this offense has the weapon. You look at this offense and you're like, that's a solid offense. They have a decent receiving core. They got running backs that are capable. Miles Sanders Miles is a really Sanders? good running back. Chuba Hubbard's a solid running back, I think. You know, you have a defense, like you're saying, that has energy and plays with energy. It may not be the best defense, but they're going to make plays every game. You know, and Andy Dalton made it work. A veteran quarterback that has this experience can make it work. And I think that just means Bryce Young probably needs that experience to help this offense work because it can be done. And while that's also a negative for Bryce Young, you know, there's room to improve for him at least. We know that. Moving on to the last team in the NFC South, what the heck is going on with the Saints offense? I think Derek Carr is the answer that they needed, but with him out, they proved to be not an effective team. Jameis Winston is not an effective quarterback. He's not an effective backup, regardless of where he is, unfortunately. Um, but, I mean, Derek Carr, when he's on the field, they look like a very, very good functional team. But the defense, is that game against the Packers, they shot themselves in the foot over and over and over and over again in that fourth quarter. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where their problems lie. They just They start like... They, I think they get so excited that they're winning, and they're just like, oh, and here it goes. Like, that just downhill. The Saints are like a cold-cut sandwich. It's like a really good cold-cut sandwich. And then someone throws it in the microwave because they think it's a good idea, then you eat it, and it tastes terrible because it's supposed to be cold. It sounds like something you have done. Someone did it to me. Uh, see? See, I knew it. I got very violent, <laughs> so don't do that. That Saints are just – they should have just rebuilt. Um, you know, looking at this team, I think this offense has so much potential to be like the best offense in the league. I feel like there's weapons. They have on that those team. weapons that are nuts, and they don't use them. Exactly. Let's just run the ball behind Trevor Penning with Tony Jones Jr. Instead of airing it out with the Olave, Rashid Shaheed, <laughs> Jawan Johnson, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas has had moments this season already that looks like like Michael Thomas might still be a solid receiver, even yeah. if he hasn't played in 87 years. You know, and then their defense is Very super good. solid. Very good. A lot of veterans, a lot of good leadership out there. This team could be really good. But then you look at 
this last game where they blew it against the Packers and that week one game where it was just kind of like a sloppy game that just didn't feel good. You know, it was against a bad Titans team that kept it close the entire time. That game just, that's a game you just lose brain cells. Exactly. You know, it's just not a fun game to watch. And you look at this offense and you're like, why are they not, why is it not clicking? And I think a lot of it is because this team is a little past its prime. Yeah, they're you know, all past their prime, really. I think every every single player on that team besides Chris Olave is... I mean, whatever happened to Andrews Pete? Mm-hmm. He's like a Pro Bowl guard. Now he's like a backup. He came in that game and like, he looked okay. Yeah, speaking of the line, Ryan Ramchuk can't stay on the field 90% of the time. They lost Tron Armstead and they replaced him with Trevor Penning. The worst offensive tackle I've ever seen play NFL football. <laughs> he's special. Come, he's come Jimmy on, G. man. He's, He's Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy G special. special. <laughs> he ain't the Jimmy special. He's Jimmy what we're going to call it out. The Jimmy <laughs> yep. G special. We'll leave it at that. Moving on over to the AFC. Let's start with the AFC North because we started with the NFC North. Let's talk about the Bengals. What's wrong with the passing game? Joe Burrow is calf hurts and we can't step up and do the deep throws and their offensive line stinks. And T. Higgins has only showed up for one out of three games this year. He just dropped him passes last night, and he didn't do anything week one. He didn't have a catch week one. He needs to show up. This is a contract year for him. If he wants that money, he needs to show up. Mm-hmm. And they lost their tight end, and they didn't replace him. Irv Smith Jr. is not as good as Hayden Hurst. Yeah. Josh, when do you think Joe Burrow is going to be healthy? They should have given. They should have given him this week off and played... Your lovely star, AJ McCarron. Um, I don't know if he would have been ready, but like it would have been w- Jake Browning. Yeah, I would, have, I would have played Jake Browning too, though. At the same time, regardless, they should have given him time off. I think it was more or less him being like, "I'm okay, I'm gonna play." So I think that's what it came down to, really. And they were just like, "All right, whatever." I mean, we're you know, you're the you're the leader of the team, so so um. I think that's what it uh, really came down to. Um, but I feel like they really should have given him this week off. But, I mean, I mean, they sh- wow, what they have a whole week. I mean, he needs to just rehab and relax. Because mm-hmm. if he can't plan off that foot, it's not really looking too good for him. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at this offensive line, they have a big money free agent signing, um, and he's not playing well. The rest of the line's not playing well. And I called it. Can this team ever Fletcher. actually win without a good old line? They've they'll gotten real win. close. They've but. gotten very close without it, but they'll never win a Super Bowl without it. It's, it's just getting ridiculous at this point. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's the f- fourth year in a row where you've had this problem. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like, if I were them, I'd just overdo it to where it's stupid. Like, use your first three picks and sign, like, three offensive linemen. Basically it's, do what the, it's just getting ridiculous. Do what the 49ers did, but with their D-line, but with your O-line, basically. Basically, rotate, guys. I don't know. It's just getting ridiculous. I'm tired of saying it. I've said it for four years in a row now. It's probably going to stay for five years next year. Joe Burrow's not going to have a long career because he's already taken so much damage. The fact that he's good after that knee injury is insane. Mm-hmm. Towards ACL, LCL, and cartilage. He should be bad, but no, he's Joe Burrow. He's not. He's great. Mm-hmm. Talking about staying healthy, let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens, who still... They will never stay healthy. Still can't stay healthy. Never, ever, ever. That's why they lost the game. They had one-third of their starters out. Mm-hmm. Do you see this team winning a Super Bowl anytime soon, the way that their training staff obviously is m- messing up somehow? No, because they don't have the passing game to do it. Lamar will 
past well during the regular season. If he, if he makes it to the playoffs, he probably won't be able to deliver. Plus, you got who do you really have? You have Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham's carcass, Mark Andrews, Mark and Andrews, Bateman. Bateman is on and off. Patrick Bateman's better than him. <laughs> and, then, I don't know about that. and then, yeah, and now they, now they don't have any running backs at all. So uh, again, for like the fourth straight season, and, like they should just resign Mark Ingram off the street. You know, <laughs> he's like they retired. Do every year, the annual Mark Ingram yeah. resigning. I'd put him on my fantasy team every year, just out of ceremony at this point. <laughs> I had him on my fantasy team every year from 2014 to 2022, baby. <laughs> Let's go, Mark Ingram. But yeah, Josh. What would you change about this Ravens franchise? Are there any players you would sign that you feel like could stay healthier than what you have now? Is there anything you would change in-house? What's going on? Why can't these guys stay healthy? Well, I think the injury with J.K. Dobbins really threw them off because they were excited to have their elite quarterback. Quarterback, wow. Uh, their elite running back that they had before, right? Because what he has one touchdown and then he goes the uh, like the next couple drives, then he hurts himself, and then he's out for the season. Um, so I think that kind of threw the team off a lot because they were like, "Oh yeah, Lamar doesn't have to run; he just has to throw now." But now he has to do both. Um, I also think that giving Lamar all that money was a mistake, um, just like the Orlando Brown signing. Um, you know, not having an agent obviously it saves you a lot of money, but. It delayed a lot of things, and it threw off. I think it threw off the whole team because um, they didn't have their leader. They didn't have their guy in for so long just because of some money. Um, it's unfortunate that something like that has to take place because these guys think they're worth the world. But, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, they got their guy. He didn't leave. Um, but I think that plays a lot into uh, chemistry. Talking about run games, let's move on over to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is Najee Harris a bust? Yes. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Warren's outperforming. I mean, Najee Harris just looks so slow. I don't know what happened. He looks so good at Alabama. It's just it's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. I think they they might have just used him way too much his rookie year. Halfway through last year, they just kind of like smacked around. I don't know. He just looks bad. He just he still, he still can make guys miss. He's just He looks 240 pounds when he runs. Do you think him not living up to his potential is his fault or is it Matt Canada's fault? Definitely Canada has about 70% of the blame. I don't like the way he runs. He's not fast enough the way the running runs. He needs to be downhill. I'm going to run through your face, Marshawn Lynch. You, you would he, think a team that had Jerome Bettis for a long time. He wants to be like Raheem Mostert, like a speed guy. Uh-huh. He doesn't have that speed. He always wants to, to break it outside or juke and jive. No, you're 242 pounds. Run forward, run through his face. I guarantee you good things will happen. But that's what it is. I mean, I think you see the way that they use Jalen Warren in a receiving back role, honestly, more than even a running back. They have a plan of what they want to do, and Najee Harris just doesn't fit that. And I think at some point, you know, maybe Matt Canada's sabotaging Najee Harris. He's sabotaging that whole offense. You look at that offense, there's no reason why they should at least average 25 points per game. Mm Mm-hmm. All that time. Deontay Johnson, Allen Robinson, Calvin Austin. George Pickens. George Pickens. Yeah. Pat Fryermuth. Washington. Najee. The offensive line is okay. They're not bad by any stretch. And they have a super good defense to back them up. <sighs> Canada's t- worse. He's he's like Getsy level. Yeah. He's bad. I, think, I don't know why they I, brought him back. Sometimes I think he's worse, worse than Getsy. offense was terrible last year. They were worse than the Bears last year. Mm-hmm. They are winning games 13-10 every week. 
why'd you bring him back? It wasn't good the year before either. Do you think there's, you know, kind of moving up the depth, not the depth chart, but like over in the depth chart, um, is there any potential in Kenny Pickett left or did Matt Canada kind of steal that away too in these? He can make good enough? plays. It's just he was, he was never going to be special. Mm-hmm. He was never going to be elite. He was going to be like a Tannehill, a guy like that, Heineke, Brissett type talent. But a, a Tannehill in the right offense can get you a Pro Bowl. Yeah, he can do that. He's got enough ability, but it's not being used. Mm-hmm. I believe if they got a different coach, if they would have just hired a different coach, he'd be off to a much better start. Mm-hmm. In a dream world, you know, kind of talking about the way we've been talking about Kenny Pickett, what would be the ideal team for a Kenny Pickett if he could have gone anywhere? You look at him, I'd say, you know, you want a team with a good offensive line. So, if you gave him to, like, the 49ers, see the same skill set as Brock Purdy, basically. A team like the Falcons. Uh, a team like even the Jets. Just use a smart guy back there. Mm-hmm. He would be good there. Yeah. Like, Pickens not the most talented, but he knows to get the ball to Pickens. Zach Wilson still can't figure out to get the ball to Garrett Wilson. Good <laughs> things will happen. So, just do that. Yeah. Finishing off in the AFC North here. Kind of talking about potential and the way players play. The Browns' defense looks ready to win a Super Bowl. They, Is Deshaun Watson ready? 20 points in three games because they had the two Deshaun Watson defensive touchdowns. If he plays like he did on Sunday, he played very – he looked like prime Houston Texans extending the play other than that one like backwards throw he had. Yeah. He looked great. Looked a little looser out there. He looked good. <laughs> so if he can do that every week, yeah, they could win the Super Bowl no doubt. But if he does what he did the first two weeks and what he did last year, where he's like, I'm shaking off the rust still, guys. Hmm. And yeah, he's not going to win it. But if he does what he did this week, he'll win it. Josh, do you think Miles Garrett could potentially be a defensive MVP this season? Yes. By by far, yes. Because, I mean, he, I feel like right now he is playing his best, best football because of what he saw Bosa sign for. I feel like that is a driving factor for him, but also because he's so tired of losing. That whole organization is tired of losing, right? And I think if, like Sackley said, if they, if Watson could stay loose and just play how he can, like how we've seen him be able to play, and if Garrett can continue to let this fire under him drive him to be probably one of the best edges right now, I think we're looking at a defensive line MVP. Mm-hmm. So. Um. Kind of speed things up. Let's talk about some of these more fun teams in these remaining divisions. The Miami Dolphins. Woo! Can this team be Woo! one of the greatest teams of all time? Yes, I think I think they're one of the teams on the AFC side to really give Mahomes a run for his money. Because at first it was the Jets, obviously with Rodgers, right? That went out the door. So that 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 basically <laughs> we'll flew out that. the door, right? But obviously you're playing the Sean Payton Broncos. Yeah. And so obviously you're going to you're going to put up points like this it makes sense right but now you we could see a recreation of that Rams and Chiefs game with the Dolphins and Chiefs how it was such a back and forth high scoring game i think we could see another version of that but with the Dolphins coming out on top i mean the Dolphins you got a big fan led defense and now it looks like a big fan led defense 13 points in back to back games 7 was a punt return or whatever, kickoff return. If they don't even have Jalen Ramsey, when they get back, that's going to be cranked up oh, to another level. I forgot level. about that. So I don't even think they would have that type of game because the defense is too good. They got the pass rushers, Wilkins, Phillips, Van Ginkle. 
the linebackers are solid. Javon Holland, all those guys. And then all of a sudden now, they, it looks like Mike McDaniel is actually calling the run game. Like he, they have a dominant run game now with two electrically fast running backs. Yeah, Maltzer. That have game changing speed along with the game changing vertical passing game. If Tua just stays healthy, if this team just stays healthy, there's no reason why they can't come out of the AFC. Mm-hmm. They look fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, to watch an NFL team put up 70 points in a game, I've only ever seen that in Madden. They were trying to run out the clock, and they just kept on running touchdowns, 60-yard touchdowns. Even chosen Robbie Anderson had a <laughs> touchdown. Mike White, baby. <laughs> Robbie Anderson isn't even wearing the number he wants. His jersey's supposed to say chosen one <laughs> because two is number one. He's number three, so it just says chosen three. That guy's <laughs> such a bum. <laughs> but, <laughs> I just think that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this Dolphins team is just it. It's beautiful. It's poetry in motion yeah. every play. I think Mike McDaniel. I think last season a lot of it was kind of figuring out how to use all that speed and yeah. talent you had. And I think he knew he had immense talent on this team, but he just didn't know exactly how to put these weapons into play. And then this year, you can just see they figured yeah. it out. He's like boofing the right crystals now. He's oh, he's going. It's insane. And he's the most likable guy in that. Episode. Oh, without a doubt. When he's sprinting away from the cameraman, that was hilarious. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> he's funny. He's a cool guy. You he should have given his kicker that chance, though. But that's just me. You know, to go get sixty-nine, seventy-three. <laughs> oh, I would have had to miss the extra point. He's got sixty-nine. But that's me. <laughs> no, because the record. That's good coaching right the there. record. <laughs> the record in a game is seventy-two, and everyone was like three nah, more. Nah, seventy-three. The Bears in 1940 against the Redskins. My God, these facts. <laughs> the NFL championship game. They lost. They lost them seven three in the week two Those of the 1940 regular are season. Dumb. They're wrong. They're stupid. They were saying that. Yeah, they said it it's, was seventy two. Not your fault. You're misled. It was seventy three. <laughs> As Maybe for a regular season game, but not all time. As he caresses life. my leg with a <laughs> yeah. uh, meter stick. Okay. Pro football reference over here. Yeah, these guys don't. Know. Bird! Oh, I forgot to do what I was telling you at your house. When we talked about the Bears, I have now had the unfortunate duty of relegation. The Bears have been relegated to the XFL. Oh, they no. will be playing the San Antonio Brahmos next week. <laughs> I forgot to do that, ladies and gentlemen. That was the most important part of the show. The Chicago Bears have been relegated. I'm bringing back relegation this year. They have now been relegated to the XFL, and if they lose one more game, they're going to the USFL, baby. In their place, St. Louis Battlehawks. I was thinking. Yes. I was thinking we have, you know, before we go full relegation on them, we give them a little chance against the Broncos. No relegation. <laughs> wow. If they win it, they're then they're they're first in line to come back. Okay. First in line, but not back. Right. Yeah. Um, relegation. Relegation. <laughs> Let's talk about the New York Jets a little bit. When is it time to give up on Zach? Now, now, why are they not? Because they, I don't know, even know why. I don't know. Why. I, I understand the controversy with the you know quarterbacks and whatever, but honestly, it can't be much worse. They. <laughs> That's a wild statement. That I don't think anybody's ever said in their entire lives. Put in they, Joe Namath. <laughs> Dude, they give him some quaaludes and just put him in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, they should have just signed Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on, man. Just, just give, mean, give the man a chance. Even beyond that, they had Carson Wentz calling them up asking for a job. They had Matt Ryan calling them up asking for a job. Bro, Both... trade, trade for Trubisky at this point. Do anything <laughs> else but play Zach Wilson. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I, Cam I appreciate Newman. them giving him a chance because I think that's he looks terrible. It, it's fair to him to give him the chance, you know, because they took him so high, you know, he had these high expectations on him. I think it was, he was kind of put into a bad situation at first 
And then now they kind of have a team built around him. They're giving him a shot. But I think that shot's over. Yeah, they can't even run the It's ball been anymore. three weeks. I think three weeks is a, is enough time put to in see what he is. Well, now they're going to put in Trevor Simeon. That's, but, like, at the same time, why are we signing Trevor Simeon over a Carson Wentz or a Matt Ryan? What or is even a Cam, Cam Newton? Newton. Cam Newton. I mean, I I wouldn't want to have Cam Newton right now just because after what I saw in that last season with New England and Carolina, that wasn't good. Yeah. But, like, Carson Wentz, I think, still has a lot of promise. Dude was almost an MVP. Yeah. He was good a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Jinx. <laughs> huh? Why? <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> let's, let's move on to... <laughs> what was that? Um, I, I I do have one more question about the Jets. Is Aaron Rodgers done, or do you think he's he comes got one back more year for next year? Then he uh, retires. He's coming back. He already said he's, he's coming, coming back. back. He's coming back. He'll get. He'll, he'll have some nomadic elf serum on his Achilles, <laughs> and he'll be back. <laughs> nomadic elf serum. What, what did he say in um, Pat McAfee's show? Bum. <laughs> um, the next thing I wanted to talk about. <laughs> Was the Houston Texans? Is CJ Stroud legit? He Did, looks were people great. talking down on him? He people were talking. He's having like a Justin Herbert start to his career. He looks fantastic. Nine hundred yards, the first three games, not turning the ball over. I don't believe he's thrown an interception yet. He looks fantastic. <laughs> Smack the Jaguars. Big man of the week, Andrew Beck. Eighty-five yard <laughs> kickoff return off a weird muff kick thing. Looked fantastic. One cut and nobody caught him. Even though it was the slowest return I've ever seen. Great job, D'Amico Ryan's defense. Here we go, baby. Uh, Tank Dell, best name ever, beast. I wanted to ask you about Tank Dell too. Do you feel like after watching these first three weeks, this guy has the potential to be the next big Texans wide receiver? They have a long history so far in their career. Of yeah, through like receivers. only like twelve years of existence, they've had some good guy. Yeah, I think so. He's that good. He's very. He's like a Tyree Kill type player. Yeah, not as fast, but very good. He's just got a great name. I think Tank Dell, baby. You know, Andre Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins, those are great names. And I think great names just yeah. just breed great football players. I don't know if they'll have as good as hands as Andre Johnson, but <laughs> he'll be good. Um, sticking in the AFC South, I want to talk about the Tennessee Titans. Why are Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry still on this team? I don't know. They believe that they still can win. Yeah, they have a great coach, but it's not happening. Tannehill is washed. Henry is just behind this bad offensive line, no pass game. He can't do it anymore. He needs to be on a better team. Yeah. He played decent week two, but weeks one and three were not very good. Tajay Spears looks good. Well, and then, like, going back to that quarterback position, you have Malik Willis and Will Levis Bum. sitting on the bench. Yeah, they may be bums, but. No, 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 not Malik least, Willis. So. Not Malik Willis. See what I, they... I, I'd rather play Malik Willis and give him the shot and have him. Play the games, then Will Levis. I'm yeah, sorry, Will I don't even I have just, the hot girlfriend anymore. Yeah, like besides <laughs> he's that, still, he's still eating a lot of mayo though. You know, mayo, that'll help. Disgusting, him. right? But besides the girlfriend part, he's he's a bum. He needs to be relegated himself, bro. <laughs> he like I, Malik Willis is probably he's not the answer for the team, but they need to play him instead. Mm-hmm. Um, going on to my last team that I wanted to talk about. And that is the Denver Broncos. Is Sean Payton the next Urban Meyer? Yes. Relegation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, you can't say he's the next Urban Meyer. He has, prior to this, he's fantastic. But, yeah, this is like an Urban Meyer and Nathaniel Hackett type situation. But, yeah. Yeah. And then, one more question with the Denver Broncos. Will Russ ever cook again? He's been cooking at some points throughout the season. But, not like before. He should have never left Seattle. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I look at this Broncos team, and I, I said this a lot about them last year, is that there's a lot of potential with this team. There's Yeah, it's still a lot of potential, but they'll never reach it. And I, I just don't understand why. They're, they're cursed or something. I don't know. <laughs> they, they got their Super Bowl with that Peyton Manning team, and they yep. just could never figure they it sold out. They sold their soldiers at the Super Bowl. <laughs> All right, folks, we're getting to the end of the show here. We got a great show from Ian coming on next, so stay tuned for that. Listen a little bit about music um, moving from away from sports. If you guys liked what you heard today, be sure to tune in next week, same time, same place, 8 to 10 on WRSC to hear the award-winning Blue Jay Boys show. Keep talking some NFL football for you guys. Be sure to check out our Instagram. Uh, we have our food battle going up next week. Like I said before, we got a battle of the losers this week. We got Denver Broncos against the Chicago Bears. Denver Broncos will be having a steak burrito with green chili sauce on top, and the Chicago Bears will be represented by the Italian beef sandwich. So be sure to vote on Instagram. Uh, comment what you think is going to win. Tag three friends. Put it on your story. You could get a chance to win $20. This is the relegation bowl. Whoever loses this will Not be for semi-pro, <laughs> and we'll be playing the Lightning Lions in their next game. Lightning Lions. And if you guys missed any part of the show today, be sure to check us out on Spotify. We'll be you can find us on Spotify, TikTok, and then.